Swimming in Quicksand, Kung Fu Podcast 196. Exploring the culture, the adventure, and the impact of martial arts. And I'm your host, T.W. Smith. A few men sit beside a new pot of stew. They haven't done anything with it, haven't even looked in it. They take their cup, they reach in, and whatever they pull out is pretty much what they believe that stew is, right? So if you're looking around martial arts, a lot of times whatever you decide to pull out with your cup is what you believe martial arts is and what it was made of or what the base of it is. And that can change a whole lot from place to place, person to person. In fact, it's almost like a hall of mirrors, right? Different distortions of the same thing. I went to Twitter to find what do people associate martial arts to. There are things such as a pop music star with this flimsy little wushu sword running and flying through the air like Peter Pan. There was a young Muay Thai practitioner shadow boxing. Another guy is teaching self-defense by demonstrating a strike, throw into the ground, strike him, and then proceeds to mount and start welling on the guy after that. Now, remember, that's not self-defense at that point, even in a stand-your-ground state like North Carolina. There are guys dressed in their gi doing water bottle tricks. Then there's this huge pot belly guy doing acrobatic forms without a shirt in the rain. You don't want to watch that before bed, I can tell you that. Uh, let's see, there was sporting, of course, UFC, MMA, whatever brand it calls itself. We had bunches of movie trailers. Pretty darn spectacular animation uh, in these video games. We had kids bouncing around on a floor. Gear sales, of course, you got merchandise. We have application demonstrations, some which were very good and some which were very sad. We had myths like Bodhidharma brought martial arts to China and then to Japan. Then we have a guy who's using a 10-foot python as a training partner. He's attempting to catch the head of the snake while the snake tries to strike him. Then there's my favorite. A little girl sketched herself for school doing martial arts. She is in her uniform with a ponytail and a big smile. Then around her picture, she wrote some words that perhaps captures the essence of defining martial arts. Over her head, she wrote practice. Under her feet, she wrote not lazy. Then around herself, she wrote four more words. Confidence, consideration, focus, and strength. Thank you, Hana, for sharing that on Twitter. Of course, one of the things that was not on that list, but the majority of this audience is listening for, is things like academic research, tradition, anthropological studies, sociological studies, historical research, and as Lee Sims once brilliantly stated, self-protection that is practical, legal, and ethical. During the process of studying martial arts, we're going to have influential and professional opinions. Now, is my opinion of what martial arts is more important than yours? Of course not. Your opinion is very important because that's what's driving you to practice your martial arts. However, just like the great outlaw Josie Wells once said, don't piss down my back and tell me it's raining. Make sure that you have objectives that meet your course. You want your means and your ends to line up. Because one thing is for sure. If you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. Martial artists are always going to have an opinion 
of about what martial arts are. Certainly the public is going to have what their opinions are. But so do academic disciplines. They put on their trained tools and they rake and dig through pools of data and out comes a result. And interestingly enough, every time one of them reached their cup, their rake into that pot of data, they will pull out a result that is slightly different than the other because they're using an anthropological cup or they're using a historical cup or they're using a political science cup. Every cup grabs and holds on to what it's looking for. There are three well-respected scholars in martial arts who are going to give us their arguments about defining what martial arts are. And then one of them is going to flip the entire concept over for us. Then in the upcoming episodes, we're going to remember the metaphor I'd shared with you on one of the little video clips is that every dog that we know of today is a direct relative to the wolf. Some dogs you can look at and you can see the wolf inside of that dog. And then other little dogs you look at and you go, there ain't no way, right? Well, how do you go from a warrior to a sportsman in the martial arts? How do you create that new breed? And that's what we're going to follow. But first we have to know, and just like we said before, we have to know where we're trying to go. We have to know what are we going to look at and how are we going to look at it. Be aware of the trap. Professor Paul Bowman, agent of action here at Kung Fu Podcast, put together an article in 2016 about the problems that academic researchers have in defining martial studies. For most of us, the non-academic type, in this realm, defining martial arts doesn't seem to be that hard, does it? And it's certainly not something formal. You go, hmm, yeah, that's it. No, that's not. You can put 20 senior martial artists in a room, and I guarantee you, you will get at least 10 variations of what martial arts are or are not. So where do you draw that line? Let's get more on the definition of martial arts studies with Professor Paul Bowman. Once we ask what is or are martial arts, it is a question that people get stuck on or stuck in. So to avoid this quicksand trap, let's walk around the trap, reflecting less on where do we draw the line and more on why draw the line and indeed how or in what ways should anyone draw that line. So what is the line anyway? What is the definition? Stated bluntly, the line that people believe needs to be drawn is a line between martial arts on one side, the inside, and not martial arts. That's on the other side. The line, the definition, is the border between the inside and the outside. On the inside of this line, there will be martial arts properly. On the other side of the line is everything else, which is not proper to martial arts. As Paul walks us around the quicksand, he points out that after going through the exercise, you will begin to see that many add-ons and extras start showing up. Then we go from martial art to plural martial arts. He wrote, quote, People realize that there is no simple unity, but they nonetheless still want to erect a definition. So realizing that the category martial arts is constitutively imprecise, People try to return us to precision by adding categories. 
refinements, differentiations, martial arts or combat sports, self-defense, military martial arts, weapon-based systems, religious practices, cultural traditions, calisthenics taught in schools, traditional, non-traditional. You get the point. The entities that are called hybrids, and each edition seeks to introduce a level of clarity and precision, while nonetheless inexorably introducing even more gray area and further grounds for disagreement, end quote. When we're at the martial arts seminars, don't you see that unfold right in front of us or right inside of us? You know, of course, when we're at a seminar, there are these really formal hybrid definitions, and we have manifested these personal biases that are in mode while we're there. It's okay. It's just that we need to be conscious that there is a subconscious at work. When you start to look through the list of uh, opportunities of classes that you could attend, your biases are going to pick the things that are interesting you, what you believe is inside the line. Now, in the academic studies, they bring this to full bear, as Professor Bowman says to his PhD students. First, why did you draw the line here and not there? And second, why did you approach it in this way and not another? And you must be able to answer both of those questions. You must know that you could have drawn the line elsewhere and differently, and that this will innovate and that this will inevitably change things by changing your approach and your line. You will produce different kinds of insight, perspective, result, outcomes, and conclusions. Now, I try to listen, and sometimes I will just straight out ask, for people to give me their perspective of what they believe martial arts are. You take Hanshi Doug Perry, one of the best guys you could ever hang around. If you have a chance to ever take anything with Hanshi Doug Perry, I encourage you to do it. Retired United States Marine Corps who learned karate in Okinawa from people you hear stories about before most of us were born. You can tell that his definition of martial arts is clear, yet he is observant to how it changed. Look up the Kung Fu podcasts that are on the free RSS feed for Doug Perry. I drove up to his house on the mountains of North Carolina and shared that interview with you. Let's take a moment and listen to a scholar in the area of performance studies. That sounds reasonable, right? If martial artists, we're nothing if we're not about a good performance, right? But this scholar is challenged when he is defining the problem. The act of drawing a line around such practices not only seems arbitrary, but is also stifling and artificial to, in his mind. In the terms of performance study, it is also ethically problematic. Why would someone interested in performance separate martial arts from other kinds of physical practice? And anyway, how and why or would anyone really draw a convincing line between martial arts practices and dance or theater, religion, somatics, or even athletics? Michael Jordan, arguably one of the best basketball players that I've ever lived. I played golf with him a couple of times. He used to wear his Carolina basketball shorts under his Chicago Bulls jersey. There is not one performance reason that you can measure which would indicate this, this was practical or would influence his performance in any way. But for one of the greatest to ever play the game, it made a difference. Does your practices in your gi help you set your focus, set your mindset, do your best? 
So does the ritual portion of putting on a gi or any uniform being included for all to practice is that important inside the line of martial arts? Of course, for some it is, for others it's not. But in the beginning, routines and rituals are part of the martial arts. Even if you say it isn't, you are now in the routine of dismissing, which in itself is a routine. So what does it mean to insist on identifying all of the practices out there that seem to fit the bill in terms of martial dimensions? Is this not in and of itself a contortion? and a bending of the world to the mind of the observer. Perhaps Professor Bowman's Eskrima practice is obviously more martially oriented. But what about his Tai Chi practice? Bowman works very diligently in his Tai Chi practice to find the combative dimensions and applications. Since he does, must he insist on reducing Tai Chi to this dimension for everyone else? Must it also be enshrined in academic discourse to this particular contingent fashion? Chomping up the conceptual spectrum in such a way as to enable the claim that martial arts is an obvious and necessary field fit for an academic discipline to congregate around it may actually seem like a contortion act when it's viewed from a broader perspective. Privileging the martial over the art will also amount to doing a contortion to the very objects that fall within its purview. Immanuel Kant was an influential German philosopher from 1724 through 1804. To evoke a continuing distinction, martial arts is synthetic rather than analytic. It is not an object proper to scientific study, and nor does it need to be. The study of something like this is not really scientific, Let's borrow an insight that University of Chicago professor D.N. Roderick once made about film studies. It is something that we simply know about, that we experience in different ways at different times and in different places. Something that changes, that changes us, that we can change, and so on. That right there, that transformation is exactly why many of us got involved in martial arts to begin with, right? We want our experience in martial arts to help us find something inside of ourselves to help us evolve to a new place. In the realm of academic research and peer-reviewed studies, martial arts presents itself as a range of phenomenon for reflection, philosophy, and theory, rumination. Martial arts, however conceived, asks questions about what is and about other things. So, for example, life value, health, gender, nation, strength, honor, fun, ethnicity, culture, and self-identity. Interestingly enough, in any particular martial arts training hall, you will see some of these different approaches. You have folks kneeling, words of character development stamped across the walls, their uniforms, uh, the, the routine of how they bow, when they bow, things like that. People are likely to kind of just know what you mean when you say martial arts. Even if it's utterly incompatible, they still kind of know what you mean. Also, even though you may take a moment and attempt to specify the content in the field, you can't help but produce contradictory objects and practices. That nuance of that even defining to a smaller detail will continue to stimulate contradictory problems even in the physical realm. So, for example, you can say today you're going to take your skills to be a bodyguard. 
your physical skills today, you're going to be a bodyguard, okay? And inevitably, I'll have someone say, well, I don't want to practice for being a bodyguard. And I'll generally will look at them and say, well, you know, that's a shame for your daughter, your mother, and your girlfriend. Certain roles become inherent when you decide to take on the practice, at least in my mind. Now, Professor Spivak at the University of Columbia is a scholar and literary theorist. Once argued that making any distinction, making any discrimination, specifying, erecting, or using any conceptual category is irreducibly and inescapably political in some sense. This, as Professor Spivak explains, begins to produce differentials and it erects binaries, and binaries are inevitably hierarchical. The inside is the proper, the outside is the improper, the other stuff. The question thus becomes, how hospitable are we to be to the improprietary, to the alterity? How is difference going to be treated? I believe we can see the reasons for Professor Bowman's academic arguments and see the validity and issues in that context. Adding solid lines to an area can restrict and alienate other components. However, as we said before, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. So without some defining boundaries, everything is arguably a martial art. And then Sun Lu Tong is equivalent to the father of close quarter combat, William Fairbairn. And that can't happen. And how these two men, for example, really approach martial arts and how they define martial arts is inevitably different. You can find both of those compilations over there at the website. There's also something else happening here that I like to remind myself of during the course of any of this reading. If you make a mistake in academic research of drawing the line, there is no penalty. You just erase it and draw another line, or you draw the line in a different direction. You can erase it and try again. But in reality, if your classmate doesn't know definitely what you're doing, they are at higher risk. And there can be, and sometimes often is, a penalty if you don't concretely define an aspect of your practice. And that is one of the arguments that you have to be considered of between taking things in an academic, almost virtual world where you can just erase it and move it, and the physical world. Our next scholar is also very well respected, and I like his work as well. However, he will stand on a more rigid side about the need for stricter definitions and what they are going to be. Then the third scholar is going to flip them over and point out perhaps if you changed what you were looking at, your definitions would change with it. So now we're getting ready to go to the next podcast. Get ready for the state of the martial arts discipline.